is Legion of Dogs, your free resource for multi-dog living. So welcome, Amanda. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're excited to have you. Oh, thank Mm -hmm. you. Because we have to think back to where we left you with Ripley. Yeah. Hard for me because I like, I get the updates all the time. Yeah. So when we talked last, the dogs were on crate and rotate and they were doing some playtime at work or at other locations, but not at home. Right. So why don't you tell us what your life like with them is like now? So, um, it's quite different. (laughs) Um, in fact, I just had to put them both away. We were all hanging out on the couch together. (laughs) Um, so they're able to be out and about together. Um, and we still make sure to give each dog alone time with us and have their time out with their space. I mean, I don't think Draken would care either way, but we can tell like when Ripley's getting stressed, but she's been really good most of the time about telling us when she's kind of hit her wall because she'll start to get annoying. <laughs> like She goes and grabs <laughs> stuff and bugs us with it. Like, here's my toy or here's a bottle on the floor. Or, here's this, or I'm going to get into this. And that's usually a signal she's uh, under stress. So then we'll just pop Drake in a way and give her some time or put her in her house and give her a bit of a timeout type thing. So just yeah, massive change. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I'm surprised. I honestly have told Jade this. I, my goal was to be able to walk them side by side on leash. If you told me I'd be living with them where they could be in the house together in the small space of our living room, which is still under renovations, I would have told you you were crazy. (laughs) And what do you think, was there a process? Was there a clear path that you went from before to now? Or what do you think was the biggest impact or what what had the biggest impact? I think it was really, um, really told us Like I've become over the years, really good at reading her body language and her behavior. And, um, she had been telling me for a while, I think that she wanted to spend time with him. And how I mean by that is, so I'm an example is how I have my office at home set up. So when I'm at home, um, we have a a bedroom on the main floor, like a, kind of like a mother-in-law suite. That's pretty small. So that's my home office. We do have a a bed in there and our computers. And then on the bed is a a soft-sided kennel that Draken does his daytime naps and stuff in. And so at first, when I would let her out for the afternoon, I would barricade the door so she couldn't come in my office. And I noticed that she kept hanging her head over and wanting to come in. So probably for the last year or so, I've been letting her come in the office. So she'll come in, she'll say hi to me, um, just check life out. And then she likes to go sleep on the couch or do her thing outside. But she started trying to engage with Draken in the kennel. And normally she would have been crap in her face at any dog. (laughs) But with him, she's sniffing. And he was the one who was a little bit like, why are you outside my kennel? He barked at her a few times and stuff. And I was like, oh boy. And she never reacted. And, and that shocked me because that is a complete 180 from any other time she has interactions. And so watching more and more of this, um, I felt like she was in her way saying, I really want to interact with this dog. And so I had tried a couple times, um, in the house, like here and there, but it, she, she would still have her control freaky thing. Like her answer to life is, if she's not comfortable with the dog that's out, like she did this with my other dog too, she just squishes them. She gets right on them and flattens them. 
And I mean, she, it's hard to argue with her. She's 120 pounds, <laughs> um, but Dre took it better. He didn't fight back like my old bulldog did, but I still didn't want that. So we were kind of in this place where I don't think so. But my husband and I decided to buy a trailer <laughs> this summer. We like to go camping and uh, we wanted to start doing that. And so we had taken them out. We bought a trailer specifically allowing us to create and rotate them. Like we have a way to set up, <laughs> we have a bunkhouse in or a fly that's bunks that we ripped the bunks out and built two kennels because they can be kenneled side by side and not fight. Um, but that way we had, could have one dog out and we had a way to block it off. Like all of this stuff pre-planning because that's life with reactive dogs, right? And um, when we were out camping the first time, we had them on leash together sitting on lawn chairs and Ripley play bowed at Draken. And I was like, oh, okay. So even though we're more in her space, so we took them and let them play. And I, I was seeing more and more of this type of behavior from her. And so it gave me the idea, if she was this good and asking for play out, I would try our backyard. And so I did, and they, it went great. And so then I was like, okay, <laughs> we can try the backyard and um, maybe never the house. And then um, I would never believe this, but we were out camping for a week again in BC, just me and my husband and the dogs. And it was ridiculously hot. It was when you guys were having your big heat wave and we were where it was over 40 degrees. And so we're all in the trailer with the air conditioning on trying to survive it. And we were crate and rotating them and he was going up and checking her out. And she was, when she was out, she was laying beside his kennel. So I thought, all right, let's try this. This could be crazy. We were in a small space and they got along fine. They, they, and we ended up rigging it up so we could watch a movie and with our beds that are in the main part of the trailer and each dog was on a bed with one of us and they kept rotating who was sleeping with who and no fighting. And that's kind of how it happened. That's so cool. So it kind of happened organically. Yes. I don't like, but I think too is, I don't think I would have been comfortable trying it. What made it so comfortable is I had gotten to know her body language so well. And all she was telling me is she wasn't stressed and she wanted to engage with him. Awesome. Yeah. Has Ripley or Draken, have either of them tried to initiate play inside the house and have you allowed that or would you allow that? Yes. So um, we have a dog door that is open all the time for in our because our main living room is at the back of our house which thank god because with the reactive dog at the front window we don't have to deal with that <laughs> um but so they go in and out like that allowed them a bigger space because i leave that open but he comes in he's very playful he loves to play and so he was initiating it at first and she was sort of like awkward it was like a, a a kid that's never played before learning how to play again. She wasn't really sure you could see she was interested, but she was a little bit. Uh, and so then it, she would get a little grumbly and stuff. And the more he showed her anytime she gave him any kind of I'm uncomfortable, he's really good at giving calming signals and, and all the appropriate body language. He's never one to fight back. And I think that's what changed it for her because my other bulldog was very much Oh, you kind of acted like you want to fight game on <laughs> he. Yeah. And so it's partly him. Like it, he is the right fit for her. She is the perfect personality to be with her. And so, yeah. And now she initiates play and she does the funniest thing. So we still have a little bit of, we have to watch. I'm not going to say we haven't had a couple tips cause we have like, but they're not big blowouts. And, and so we monitor that, but 
usually what'll happen is if my husband's home and I'm home, we do have two couches, but one of them isn't by the TV right now because of the renos. So we sit on the same couch and it has the middle seat and that's prime real estate for the dogs. They both want it. And so if Draken's laying up there and she wants up, I thought, and at first she was a little bit like, Hey, you know, get off. That's my spot. But she's realized that we made that clear that no, we're not going to fight about it. If that happens, you guys get put away time out. Um, and so now she actually flirts with him. Like I can't describe it any other way. She, it would be like what she would do to entice him. She'll turn around and wiggle her butt at his face and like sidle up or lick him on the head or all these funny things. Like it's made her almost like think outside the box. Cause she knows she's not allowed to be grumpy with him, but, and she tries all these things or she figured out that if she goes outside, it always lures him to go see what's going on. So she'll <laughs> go outside. He goes outside. She comes and takes the couch <laughs> and oh, he'll yeah. never really he rarely ever bugs her to want to get up there instead he's very polite so it's been interesting to watch that stuff <laughs> it's so cool watching how they think like that jade has one that does that her chihuahua barks we shared a video about that he barks yeah. to alert the aussies and then they open the dog door for him <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, so smart and yeah. subtle about how they do things like i I mean, I, you know, as a trainer and as someone with a reactive dog, you get to learn more and more about dog body language, but I'm amazed how many subtle little things they do. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it, it's almost like a, a bit of manipulation. I don't know any other way to describe it. <laughs> yep. I had a, a one little dog who, when I gave everyone treats, she would eat hers the fastest mm -hmm. and then she would run to the door and just bark, 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 bark. And then all the dogs would leave their treats and go bark at the door. And then she'd wander off and grab whoever's cookie was closest. Smart. <laughs> They're so, so smart. smart at manipulating the environment to get the things that are important yeah. to them. They're yeah. very cool. Yeah. So Amanda, you had a really good story about the dogs in the trailer at a trial where I think there was a lot of mosquitoes. Yeah. Well, yeah, like that's, that's the, how we started. Cause they were both, they were both in the, um, uh, trailer and we were, that's when we took them out to have them on leash. Cause we went, we were at a trial. That's where we were camping the first time. Mm -hmm. And, um, we had taken them outside on leash and we were sitting in our chairs and that's when Ripley was play bowing. So we were on our friend's property and we were going to play them outside and we tried, but the mosquitoes were horrendous. Like all of us were, I mean, you were covered. So we went in the building and that's where we really saw Ripley initiate play with Draken. Like they were, so our friends shop on his property where he does his dog training and stuff for um, things. They know the building because that's where we do our protection sport. And they came in there and they played until they were both exhausted and passed out on the floor. But it wasn't just Draken initiating the play. It was Ripley too. Like we saw so much cool behavior from her, like play bowing and running and that's really what made me realize she really does want to interact with him she's really changed she's much more comfortable whatever had happened between her and riddick i think my previous bulldog it is she had we had spent enough time letting them slowly get to know each other that she was very ready to be a part of draken's life yeah that's so then so cool. You had, we were going to record this earlier, actually, um, but then Ripley had a scare. Do you want to tell everyone about that? <laughs> you mean with her surgery? Yeah. Yes, yes. So, yeah, so this has been really interesting for me for the last month, I guess it's been about now, um, not quite a month. Ripley got bloat 
Um, so uh, we had to rush her in and she was very sick and we were very lucky that she survived. Um, and when she came home, obviously major stomach surgery, you have to have a three week recovery time of kennel rest. Ripley also had aspirate pneumonia, um, just a complication from the surgery. So she was feeling pretty rough. So at first she was, I wasn't sure how this was going to be like, I think that's a very scary thing to have to deal with the major medical emergency for me anyway, with a reactive dog. Cause I didn't know how she was going to handle the stress of the hospital stay, the stress of being away from us. Um, all of that on her own, the full disruption to her routine. So there's all of those things. And then not even counting that we had just been introducing the two dogs together for the last month prior to this happening or two months, I guess. And, um, so yeah, like I had no idea how this was going to go. Um, and Ripley surprised us and bounced back very quickly when she started getting better. So, um, we still had to keep her on kennel. So we chose to do crate and rotate for the first three weeks just to make sure everything healed properly. But I was pretty nervous that we might have some setbacks when I let the two dogs out together again. And um, surprisingly, it was much like how we left it. I, when I tried it, she was just like, yep, okay, good. And I think she wanted that routine back. Like we, she, she, we noticed that even with like her working. So she's retired from her one sport, but we still take her to play with obedience and she still does weight pull. And, um, just not having that, not taking her. Cause we train three days a week between the two sports and she was waking me up in the middle of the night, almost every night. And not because she was feeling sick, not, I thought she had to go to the bathroom, but it was just, her routine was so out of whack. She wanted more time with us. She'd whine until I'd get up and lay with her like on the couch for an hour in the middle of the night and then go back down. And so I, like I said, I really didn't know where we were going to end up, but amazingly, were I mean I only started putting them back back together last Friday mm -hmm. <laughs> and we're right back to where we were before that's the, so wonderful yeah now, yeah a lot really of times that goes sideways when there's a medical issue and mm -hmm. it can really set them back yeah does Ripley have any other dogs that she plays with um no we um I think I'd be more willing to try it again now um but I haven't because for so long, it's just been problematic with her. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, I think I know more now after seeing her interact with Draken, how much Riddick played a role in that. Like we were not that we were oblivious to it, but I didn't realize how fearful she was of him because he never did anything that to me made, made me think he, she should be fearful of him. But I think just his whole tenacious attitude and that whole where she, if she was uncomfortable, because she chose inappropriate ways, what I would say was inappropriate ways to tell him she was uncomfortable, which was squishing him. He always fought back. And so I think there was a lot of apprehension in her. And we always thought it was fine because we would keep her on leash when they were out together and she would sit beside my husband and Riddick would have the run of the house, but he would never bother her, never go near her. But I think that we didn't see how much tension she had where she doesn't have any of that with Dre. And so now understanding that better, I'd be more inclined to see how like I could do parallel walks and stuff with her. She was getting less and less reactive um, in situations where there's other dogs around. She could hold herself quieter. But I've noticed, even though she's fine with Dre, since the surgery and the whole event, she's much more reactive right now. She's very like 
Um, if like the other time I see it too, is my, if my husband's holding her, she feels less inclined to bark, but when it's with me, she has a harder time. She's very reactive to people and dogs. And it's right at the height of where she was at right now. And I think it's going to take a little bit to get that back down. And to be fair, she had major surgery. So her body is going to take a long time to physically recover, let alone the mental part of it. Yeah. 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 And there's only so much bandwidth to deal with stress. Right. Drake and she knows is a is a known um known entity now but strangers and strange dogs are probably still quite unpredictable in yeah. her mind yeah and even like she knows the people at weight pull and she knows their dogs but she and it's just that she doesn't see them every day and she doesn't interact with them more than to kind of see them when she's working like once we get her we have her pulling so she'll you know obviously way lighter than she had been because her stomach muscles are still healing but um just to get her back in her routine so once she's on the track and working she's fine again but it's just that initial when i pop out and see everybody and if i'm the one holding her it's definitely i'm very amped very amped can't think can't do obedience like it takes a bit longer but thankfully she's also still extremely food motivated so <laughs> we can use some of that to help us <laughs> i think it's important to note for everyone too like Matt was talking about how she didn't know how afraid of Riddick Ripley was, but Riddick was dog social. Like he could be around lots of other dogs. We didn't have issues with him. I had him with my dogs in confined spaces. So he's not a dog that like anyone would recognize as causing a relationship issue between dogs. It wasn't like obvious. You you hit the nail on the head, Jade. Like it's, I think that's why it took me so long to realize there was a part of him that was a problem for her. Not that he was a problem dog. He was just a problem for her. I have um, the same thing in my house. Like my Enzo, he is not a problem dog. He is rock solid, but he's so intense and he has weird social behaviors. Like he's not interested. He's not a dog social dog for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, he likes intact males. Right. But other than that, he's really not a dog social dog. And my anxious dog, reacts to that because he doesn't and so doesn't react the same way he doesn't act quote-unquote normal and given your race right um and so enzo who you'd never expect to cause dog-to-dog problems he he does in his own way yeah so yeah yeah and i think that's it and i think that it might be it like i always tell people (laughs) lots of dogs have issues with bulldogs because they naturally present all the wrong body language. Like they're so muscular. They're so forward over their shoulders. They like to put their heads over everything. They don't have a tail. (laughs) And Riddy was all of those things. And like when Riddick came flying up to you or a dog, he presented like, Hey, I'm here. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I am, I am the bulldog. Like that was very much him, but he could be very appropriate with other dogs and stuff. But like I said, and, but he also was a, he had over arousal issues. He wasn't a perfect dog either by any means. And, and his answer to life was, oh, you want to game on game on, whether it was fighting, playing, whatever that was, he had that personality. And I think for a dog that had a lot of anxiety, like Ripley does, he was too much for her. And so even though he wasn't doing anything that was, you would call say it was causing problems, it, it was for her because of where her anxiety and everything is at. And I think that's got to be funny when people see them because I mean, my bulldogs aren't small. They both Riddick and Draken are the same size. They stand about 21 inches at the shoulder 
and they're 85 to 90 pounds. They're big, solid dogs. But then Ripley is, you know, 27 inches at the shoulder and was at that point, like 135 pounds. Riddick could walk under her belly. So (laughs) you don't think of uh, the dog that's smaller being that intimidating and scary to the dog that's bigger. I don't know. Have you met chihuahuas? <laughs> well, fair enough. But I think in the norm, that's what people see. Right? Or, or Jack Russell. Have you met any of the little dogs? I have, and <laughs> they are scary. full of attitude. Yes, they are. But you know, it's funny how our human perception, I think sometimes people will be like, so your big dog has got fear? Like, I know we get that question. People don't believe that my Corso is fear reactive. And I can see it from two points of view. I mean, when you see my giant Corso barking and lunging at the end of the line at you, it hardly looks like it's fear, (laughs) but they don't know her. Like we know her. It's this bravado of leave me alone. I'm freaked out. Yeah. Distance increasing behaviors. Yeah. I think it's really cool that even though you hadn't seen Ripley be social with other dogs, like you haven't, she doesn't have friends that she plays with Mm -hmm. that you could see her initiating play. So, you know, she's a social dog when she feels Mm -hmm. safe. Mm-hmm. And when she feels that her subtle communication is going to be respected by the other yep. dog. Yeah. Um, and a lot of reactive dogs aren't really social dogs. Right. Um, but some are, and it's really cool to be able to give them a chance, like like you're doing with her, to have a yeah. friend like Draken. Yeah. Like we were, and I think that's the thing I like I try to pass that on if I'm dealing with clients with reactive dogs too, is I can't, you know, I, I don't know. I had no idea where life was going to lead us. If Ripley had decided she could never be around another dog, we were okay with that. We were going to make life work, but I also didn't want to be like withholding her if it, if it was something that she thought she wanted. And I mean, it is a hard thing to figure out because they can't talk to us. So we have to pick it up in other ways and language, but I didn't want to write her off and saying, Cause I, I like, I never saw her dog problem as being full on aggression. It's not like I saw her go, outwardly go out and attack and want to like, what I would think like harm another dog, her stuff all came through her fear. So I, you know, I had hoped that maybe she would be able to enjoy life around another dog and be comfortable. And, and then the fact that she showed us, she really wanted to interact was great. Yeah. And when you were having dog to dog issues, there wasn't injuries to the dogs, correct? Um, mostly no, like there was hardly any injuries. We did have, um, one puncture to Riddick's head, but I don't feel like, (laughs) I mean, you know what bulldogs are like, Jade, they have a ton of loose skin. Mm -hmm. I feel like what happened was more of a, they were fighting mouths open and Riddick drove his head into Ripley's mouth more (laughs) than she chomped down and actually tried to bite and shake his head because it was one single tooth puncture and tear instead of like multiple bite punctures right Mm -hmm. so you know like knowing that but yeah Ripley and she is never like even though Draken and her have had a couple little moments where it sounded I mean they're big dogs they sound like they're going to murder each other if they get talking at each other there's been not a scratch on either dog Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she has an amazing bite inhibition, really. Yes, she does. Especially for a dog that's been trained to bite things. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I know. And that and that's the thing I get too. People are like, how can you train a dog to do bite work? And then <laughs> it's, you know, she's reactive and might bite. And and it's funny, I don't have any other way to explain it other than she really truly learned the sport is a game, and that's a whole different thing for her. It's a whole different process. They're very context 
sensitive yes. she knows yes. when she's playing bite sports and when she yep. isn't like having yep. a fight it's not really it's not the same realm at all as an actual a sport versus the actual mm-hmm. behavior in your home or with other dogs and that's where she's been really kind of neat I don't I guess that's the word so my <laughs> husband she's my husband's dog and he trained her in the bite sport like she does all that work with him and in the sport that we do there's a certificate level, they call it a PDC, um, which is like, kind of like, okay, you've proven your dog can safely do the sport. Now you can do the levels, but lots of people only ever get this certificate. It's the first goal when you're going into the sport, kind of like, um, Shitson has a BH. Um, they all have this like base level thing that you kind of have to pass and then you get to do the upper levels. And so in our sport, our dogs can either do it on a sleeve, which is on the forearm, or on a decoy in a suit where they have to bite the bicep. So Mickey and Ripley had gotten the sleeve version of it and then tried, I don't even know how many times to tell you, (laughs) to get it on the suit, but she couldn't do it. This is where her anxiety would kick in. So she could bite all of our decoys in our club, but when it came time to trial, for some reason, she would bite the decoy, but then she would let go. She wouldn't run away, but she'd act almost like a dog. We call it defense drive where they go in and bite and let go and go in and bite and let go and kind of push you off instead of staying comfortably in the bite with this decoy. Mm -hmm. And so we tried everything and nothing worked. And we finally decided, okay, we're going to retire her because we're just, I, I don't think no matter what we did, I mean, we had strange decoys come out to fun events. We had anybody who was willing, put a suit jacket on and she would bite them. And in the context of not being in trial, no problem. As soon as it became trial, couldn't do it with my husband. So like I said, we retired her and then we had the conversation. I said, Mickey, there is one thing we haven't tried. And that's me, me handling her. We had this conversation. I'm like, what if it's just your nerves during trial? Like maybe she's reading something in you. And, I, and we know that she's naturally more protective of me. So we thought maybe that would override whatever little anxiety thing was happening in her head. And the only thing is she doesn't do her obedience as well with me because I, I am low man on the totem pole in that girl's world. <laughs> she hits my husband, my mom, and then me. <laughs> so I had been doing some work with her and training her. So we had had a bit more of a bond. Anyway, we gave it a shot. And she passed it. She did it. And she did it on a decoy. She refused to bite four times in previous trials. So it was huge. And it really not only taught us, but a lot of our friends, like nobody thought it was going to happen. And I'm like, sometimes you just really have to know your dog and know how, like, it was, it was because that we could see there were certain things she could do better with me for whatever reason. Like it just kicked, it overrode her anxiety. We found a way to work her through it and, and we got it. Yeah. And I think trial stress for humans plays a massive role Mm -hmm. with dogs and people underestimate that sometimes Mm -hmm. because if you want something real bad and you get worked up, sometimes Mm -hmm. the dog is just like, "Eh, peace out, man. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So Ripley had all this history of performing in trials a certain way with your husband, maybe Mm -hmm. just the changing of the handler changed Mm -hmm. the context enough for, for her that the anxiety that you'd worked on she was able to kind of change her behavior in trials yeah yeah but ironically she pulls better for him and weight pull right yeah oh yeah 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 because that they're so bonded and all her obedience like 
her I barely passed obedience with her and usually she's one of the top scoring obedience dogs in this court <laughs> and uh, we scraped it <laughs> but and and that's just because like her her value to work for me is different she sees me in a different way sometimes I feel like she thinks I just don't know how to take care of myself but she <laughs> well you also got sabotaged yes we that is true <laughs> it's a two-day trial but the first day I think I had more nerves, I think, because it was a lot. I mean, I mean, on English, Mandy, it was a lot of pressure for me that I didn't want to think about because we were trying again and it was like the last ditch possible effort. And I'm trying to do this because I really wanted to get it for my husband because he did all the work with her. I just was the vessel that helped them get there. Right. And so the day one, I had nerves and she wasn't paying attention to me very well in obedience and we didn't pass. Day two, I really had a good solid plan. When we walked onto the field, I dropped my nerves. I felt really good. We walked out on the field. And the first thing we have to do is a figure eight around cones. And then I have to down her in the middle of the figure eight and walk away. And she's all with me and she does her first turn of the figure eight, beautiful. And I can see we've got almost a perfect focus heel. We come around the corner and I go to down her and I lost her. She's sniffing the field. And I'm like, I know like she sniffs with stress, but this was insanity. Like I've never seen her sniff like this. And in my head, I'm like, oh my God, maybe I should just pull her out. What's the point? And I thought this is the last time she's ever going to be on a trial field. So we're going to grind it out no matter what happens. I continued on in the routine. And as I'm, as I went back and picked her up and I'm walking down the field, I hear the steward yell to the judge. That's where we left all the food from the food refusal from the level twos. So they had thrown hamburger all over that spot on the field and if you know my girl like I said she's food motivated it didn't matter if there was a hamburger crumb there <laughs> she was gonna find it and so I got lucky like but they didn't give me like really good breaks they basically just gave me the score of the down and everything else she got scored like there wasn't food on the field and I'm lucky I didn't lose her I definitely didn't get the performance out of her I think I would have had the food not been there but we did we did pass it so to summarize everything like how <laughs> often do you have Ripley and Drake and out together now um so usually I'm just trying to think here probably about three or four hours a day um, we don't in the mornings cause mornings are chaos. Um, so they still get fed separately and everything. And then Draken comes to work with me and then I get home, um, usually halfway through the day and I work from home the other half of the day, as you know, Jade. Mm -hmm. And when I get home, I let Ripley out and Draken and Ripley are out together. However, what I've noticed is Draken is very used to that being his kennel time. That's used to be when he would go away and she'd be allowed to be out. So. I leave his kennel open in my office and quite often he comes in and goes and sleeps in his kennel and she just hangs out in the living room and they have full access to be together. They just choose to not. Mm -hmm. And then when my husband gets home, they're still out until about a half an hour before supper time, because we always want her to be calm um, before dinner because we were trying to prevent bloat, even though it still happened. <laughs> and then she goes in and then they eat supper. Draken is allowed to stay out with us because he's not rude when we're eating dinner and she would be in your plate. <laughs> and, and we wait till an hour after she's done dinner and then they get to come out and have out time together again. And then I usually go to bed earlier so that Mick and Ripley can have some time together. It's part of their routine and I didn't want to take that away. So then Draken and I go down and Ripley has an hour with Mickey by herself. Mm -hmm. So they're getting individual time together yes. time and then yes. time with each person. Yes. 
which is like such a great combination to just naturally have. Yeah. And I think it's important. I think because they used to each have this, I didn't want to lose all of that from her routine. Cause I feel like that would have stressed her. And mm-hmm. so because we keep things as similar to it was as possible, but still allowing them to have time together, it helps her with her stress and anxiety. Cause we haven't totally messed around with the routine. Mm-hmm. I love that. But I you do, do. That was mine uh, too. You do rotating like that. Um, so Enzo and Riker were crate and rotate for a long time. I don't even know how long. Um, and now they're all together, but I'll specifically have, well, I, I have a lot of alone time with Enzo anyways, because he's my working boy, but I specifically put Enzo in another part of the house and just have Riker time on the couch, or often I'll go read or play on my phone in the bedroom. Riker really loves it in there. So we still, I still make sure that I give Riker time with me when Enzo isn't around even though Enzo's not a problem it's just just like having a a good friend it's great that they're around but sometimes you just need a break from them right Mm -hmm. and that's important I love that you're still doing that with them yeah and I think it's it's important to them like even though like I I say that I'm low man on the totem pole for Ripley the interesting thing about that is when Ripley's tired it's me she wants to sleep on (laughs) And so I didn't want her to lose that time, like that bonding that we have. So, it, you know, we still have couch time together. And I mean, it's hilarious. She's a giant dog, but she needs to have her heads in my lap and have that mama cuddle time. And so I wanted to make sure just because now you get to hang out with your brother doesn't mean you and I don't still have that bonding time too. So how do you like weekends or days off affect the schedule? Um, they might have more time out together, but, um, we keep our lives pretty busy. So (laughs) even on our down days, we're in and out of the house a lot. And, uh, but they come with us because lots of times it's dog training and dog sports stuff. So, and I, and I think maybe that might be some of what helped with Rip and I too, because Rip and I got obviously very close after Riddick passed away because there was, um, seven, six or seven months in there that I didn't have. We just had Ripley. Um, I wanted to not lose that. So I go and meet my friends sometimes to train and think before with her reactivity, I was afraid to train her a bit. Like she's so much better with Mickey, but I have good friends that I train with now and I bring her and work her too. So we have bonded better. That's why I was not afraid to try trialing her because her Mm -hmm. and I've worked on that relationship this year. And I think that's important too. So cool. Well, Amanda, I am thrilled with the progress you made. I've been happily following along (laughs) and I'm really, really excited for you because I know this is kind of just such a stress relief. Oh, you know, like I said, we were very at peace with the idea if we had to live on Crate and Rotate forever. Like, you know, it's a decision I think that when you have that situation, you really have to come to terms with because I know people get stressed about giving up their life and stuff. But the fact that we've been able to, be able to open this up and, and enjoy things more and be able to get out there is a huge relief because we're not always worried about what about the dogs? What about this, this with the dogs, that with the dogs. I mean, we did actually go out of our way to buy a specific trailer that had a specific setup because of the crate and rotate. So we could have our lives, which I know (laughs) not everybody would do, but you know, there are lives. We love our dogs. And, but now, and now it's funny to me, but I'm glad we have that set up because we can still give the time out, but we don't have to have it, which is nice too. 
I think when you have a dog that's 120 pounds, sometimes you buy a trailer that would fit them just regardless. <laughs> yes, this is very true. Like, because I'm like, that's the thing. Like, it is funny when you have large dogs, you start looking at things differently. Like, it really made our choices different. Well, thank you so much for updating us on Ripley. Oh, you guys mm-hmm. are welcome. This is great. Nice I'm glad to see I can you again. get some good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm so happy she was okay. That was really scary. Yes, it was. And thankfully, she's fully back to herself. (laughs) All right, guys, I think that's a wrap. Thanks, Amanda. You're welcome. Yeah, it's good. And hopefully people can gain something. I think that I've shocked myself with where we've ended up. Thanks for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And if you'd like more information, don't forget to check out our website, our Facebook group, our page, and our blog posts.